from him who is the giver of all good gifts, even and especially very special and specific gifts that he showers down upon us. From him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our epistle lesson from Acts chapter 2, which begins like this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. This is our text. I'm wondering if you got up really early this morning and gathered around the burning bush and gave gifts to each other. Isn't that what we do on Pentecost Sunday? Another great holiday where we get to give gifts? Can you imagine the gifts we could give on Pentecost Day? Fans, air conditioners, maybe candles or decorative boxes of matches, bottles of water, seashells. How about a garden hose? Or maybe a translation dictionary. Anything you could think of having to do with wind or water or fire or languages. All good gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, today we may not be opening gifts around a burning bush like we do on Christmas morning around the tree. But, but it's a day that we are overwhelmingly showered with gifts. Like those first disciples, we are given gifts that are abundant, that are unparalleled, that are unequal to anything that the world could ever give or want or know or get. So let's talk about those gifts on this day of gifts. The first gift of the Spirit to those followers of Jesus on that first Pentecost, as you heard it in today's text, was fire. First, those tongues of fire sat upon their heads, and then it went to their seats, and they got up out of their chairs. No more sitting around for those disciples of Jesus. And then the fire went to their legs, and boy, did they run. They ran all around the Roman world, telling the good news of Jesus with their lips and delivering the love of Jesus with their lives, and they never stopped running until they literally ran out of breath when they died for Christ. And when were we gifted with the Spirit's fire? You know, we heard about it already in the children's time. At our baptism, of course, when, when the water hit our heads, so did the Spirit's fire. Sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? Water creating fire, but that's exactly what happened at our baptism. It's true, it's what happened. And so the question is, has the fire gone from our heads to our seat and from our seat to our feet? Has it made us into a joyful and caring and integral part of a community that shares and spreads and speaks the love and forgiveness of Jesus the way he has called us to? Where is the intensity, the fervor, the fire, the passion in our discipleship? Where is it? Is it there? It's Pentecost, and so lips never stop proclaiming Christ, and lives never stop delivering his love. It's Pentecost, and so that means goodbye and farewell forever to lukewarm, half-hearted living for Jesus. We are all in. 
We are on fire because the Spirit has set us on fire. Which brings us to the second gift of the Spirit. And that second gift was wind. At least that's how it was on the first Pentecost. The Spirit was there and so was the wind. Because apparently those two things are inseparable. In fact, that word spirit means wind. And so take note. When you get the wind of the spirit, you don't become a wind bag. We have plenty of those around, don't we? Too many of them, in fact. People who are all wind, all words, lots and lots of words, but, but no action or deeds. Those kind of people are flagpoles. They're not pillars. The wind of the Spirit makes us strong like the wind. And here in Florida, we know how strong the wind can be. Whatever the task to be done, the people to be helped or served or loved, the, the burdens to be borne, the sufferings to be endured, the strength will be there, blown into you and me by the breath of the Spirit, the Spirit bringer, the Holy Spirit, as he rides on the wings of the Word and delivers that wind into your ears and into your heart, and you are strong. Which brings us to the third gift of the Spirit. And that gift is the gift of breath. And that's the other meaning of the word spirit. It can mean wind or it can mean breath. And, and so the Holy Spirit is breath. It is breath for people who are, who are finding it hard to breathe. Not from COPD or pneumonia or congestive heart failure, but, but from the hard blows of life. Those blows have just about knocked all the wind out of them. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you are there right now finding it hard to breathe. Not being able to catch your breath any longer. So along comes the holy breath. The Holy Spirit who breathes new breath and new life and new courage and will and determination, the faith and hope to cope, to continue and carry on when breathless people have just about had it and feel like they're down to their last breath. The Holy Spirit is breath for people who are finding it hard to breathe and, and also for people who have no breath in them at all. We heard about it this morning. That vision Ezekiel had of the dry bones who become covered with skin and sinews and all of a sudden the breath is breathed into them. And of course it also happened on Easter morning when Jesus, who had given up his breath on the cross, breathed again, alive. And it will happen again one day, near or distant, when all bodies... Ours and those of the people we have loved and laid to rest who have died in the faith will breathe again forever. Which brings us to the fourth gift of the Holy Spirit, which is a new tongue. At Pentecost, the, the Spirit gave new tongues to the disciples, tongues to proclaim the mighty acts of God in the languages of people who had gathered there in Jerusalem from all over the world. Suddenly they found themselves speaking in different languages and people from around the world were hearing about the love of Jesus in their own language as they understood it. 
And on this Pentecost, that same Spirit delivers the same gift to us. Now, you may not walk out of here this morning suddenly speaking a different language or dialect, but the Holy Spirit emboldens your tongue and gives you the words to say. In fact, I'm already seeing it here at Ascension. I'm seeing it as people are going through the rooted experience. Many of you are going through it or have gone through it already. And people are saying things and talking about Jesus to others like they never have before in their entire lives. I'm seeing it starting to happen as we work in the community, as we have started with a team here to talk to people about starting a new Ascension-run business or nonprofit, and it's given us the opportunities to talk to other people in bold ways with the tongue that the Holy Spirit has given us. It even happens through cards and notes and letters that you send to each other or through one-on-one conversations that bring comfort or peace to people who really need it in your life. And, And even when you invite your neighbor to church. How does all this happen? How are these four gifts granted and given? I'm going to tell you. Begin with Good Friday, when a man dies, and and so says St. John, gives up the ghost, gives up his spirit, and then now it's Easter evening, and a man appears and breathes on his disciples. It is this once dead, but now raised and eternally living Savior, Jesus Christ, who in gospel word and in baptismal water, in communion bread and wine, in Sunday worship, in the love and mutual conversation and consolation of sisters and brothers in Christ, who begins breathing the Holy Breath, the Holy Spirit, on us and in us and through us. And it is in that way, through those means, right here today, throughout the course of our very lives, by grace, through faith, that we become the most gifted people on the planet. I'd say that's a pretty good reason for exchanging gifts, wouldn't you? So where do we start? Well, how about when you leave here today, sharing the gift with your loved ones of simply telling them, Jesus loves you. Amen.